Let's just be brutally honest this morning. There's a whole lot about 2020 that we want to forget. It's been a challenging year. It's been a year unlike any that we have ever seen in our lifetime. Fortunately for many of us, looking over this audience, most of us, We've reached an age that forgetfulness is a relatively easy thing for us to accomplish. Truth be told, it's actually something I'm excellent at. I excel at forgetfulness. And most women will tell you that forgetfulness is actually built into a man's DNA. But, to think about forgetfulness on the part of God, That's a bit disconcerting. Because the fact is that we are not accustomed to associating forgetfulness as an attribute of the God of heaven. And so to talk about and say we're going to talk about God's forgetfulness this morning seems almost irreverent. Because we think of forgetfulness as something that is entirely human and not divine. I read a story the other day about three elderly sisters who were living together. Their husbands had all passed away, and they were spending their twilight years or their golden years living together in a large two-story house that belonged to one of them. Well, one evening it's getting close to bedtime. And so one sister gets up and she says, well, I'm going to go to bed. And halfway up the stairs she stopped. And she said, was I going up or was I coming down? And one sister, with a hint of aggravation, replied, you were going up to bed. Well, a second sister headed to the kitchen. She said, I'm going to go make a sandwich. Once in the kitchen, she hollered back to her sister in the living room, what did I come in here for? The sister responded with a hint of irritation, You went in there to make yourself a sandwich. After that, she said, Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad I'm not as forgetful as both of them are. And she knocked on the table. At which point she got up, walked to the door and said, Who is it? Let's face it. We forget names. We forget faces. We forget promises. We forget the pledges and commitments that we make one to another. We forget the promises and commitments we've made to God. Sometimes we even forget those that we love. How many of you, for example, have ever forgotten a wedding anniversary? Show of hands. How many have forgotten a wedding anniversary? How many forgot your first wedding anniversary? How many never heard the end of it? How many have never forgotten one since? Yeah. But we forget things, don't we? We forget each other. And we forget God. 
We forget Jesus in the manger and we forget Jesus on the cross. Oh, for the last month, folks have been concentrating on Jesus in the manger, but in a few weeks they'll forget about that. And then come the Easter season, folks will think about Jesus on the cross for about a month and then forget about Him for the rest of the year until time to think about Jesus in the manger again. Jesus knew something about us. Jesus knew that in our humanity, you and I are prone to forget things. That's why He gave us the memorial feast that we observe each and every Lord's Day. He wanted us to remember Him, and that's why He said when He instituted that supper that night with those apostles, He said, this do in remembrance of Me, and that's engraved on the front of the table where the emblems are for the memorial feast we engage in every Lord's Day. But the question is, and our subject this morning for discussion is, God's forgetfulness. Does God forget things? Are there certain things that slip out of God's memory? Now you think about that, and at first blush, the thought of God forgetting something horrifies us. It actually causes our blood to run cold. But we read in the Word of God that God does forget. Because our text this morning comes from Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 34. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity... And I will remember their sin no more. Did you catch that last part? God said, I will remember their sin no more. The forgetfulness of God is such that God's forgetfulness is the mother of hope. And not of despair. The comforting part of God's forgetfulness is what it is that God forgets. Now, to say that God is forgetful certainly does not mean that God forgets everything. God never forgets the universe. He has a million solar systems to look after and He does it. The stars of God are as numberless as the sands of the seashore, and God never forgets one of the stars of the heavens. And God never forgets a single child that belongs to Him. God remembers to clothe the lily, and He remembers to put the sparrow in His grave. God remembers you. God remembers me. We may relegate Him to the background. We may be forgetting Him. Right at this very moment, our minds may be somewhere else or thinking of something else. But you can rest assured of this. Right here, right now, at this very moment, God is thinking of me and of you. Your friends may forget you. Your friends may lose track of you. God hasn't. 
God knows where you're sitting. God knows where you live. In the midst of all the rushing crowd of this universe, God has not lost your street number. And you know, folks, that's the great and wonderful truth we need to remind ourselves of. We know that we don't count for much with very many people. If you or I were lying in our coffin at this very moment this morning, it would make very little difference to the great masses of humanity. This big old world would move on just like it always has. Folks would go to sleep and they'd wake up and they'd go to work and they'd laugh and sob as if you and I had never lived. In fact, there are almost one and a half to two billion people in China that wouldn't even care. In the eyes of almost the whole world, we really don't count for much. But write this down. It's important. It's on the final exam. We count with God. God remembers us when we slip and lose our footing. That man or that woman that slips and loses their footing, God remembers them. He does not forget them. And God has time for that person that's been left out and is marching at the rear of the procession. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. You can read that in Isaiah 42 and verse 3. That means God doesn't shoot the wounded. Our Lord, has a place in His heart for those that are wounded. Our Lord remembers those that are broken in body and those that are broken in will and those that are broken in heart. God at this very moment is thinking of bruised and broken people right now. He's thinking of me and you and our hurts, and our wounds, and the things that have caused us pain. God remembers the very best of our past and our present. God remembers every kind and tender word that we've ever spoken. God remembers every genuine prayer that we've ever prayed. He remembers every unselfish gift that we've ever given. Every visit we've made to the sick and infirm for the sake of love. And God remembers every penitent tear that we've ever said. Someone would say, oh, I can't believe that. 
I can't believe God remembers all of our good deeds and all, all the genuine prayers. I can't believe God remembers all that about me. You say you can't believe it. I want to ask you something. Did you ever love? Did you ever love and love deeply? How many of us have trinkets around our home? Trinkets that are precious to us? Things that are not precious because of any monetary value that they've got. But they're precious because of their connection with someone who has a grip on our heart. Those who love keep things of no great value whatsoever except for their association with the ones that are loved. Jesus Christ has a heart like that. The heart of Jesus is a heart that is infinite in its tenderness. Jesus never forgets a kindness to Himself or to another. Think of that judgment scene that Jesus paints for us in Matthew 25. To those that He's sending to an everlasting reward, He said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was sick and you came to me. I was naked and you clothed me. And they said, Lord, when did we see you like this and minister to you? He said, as oft as you've done it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. There was a day when a robber actually took the part of Jesus. You remember the story. You've heard it a thousand times in your life. Jesus was dying on the cross. The people were berating Him. They were making fun of Him. The soldiers were gambling for His one possession, His seamless robe. One of the robbers on, at His side was even joining in with the crowd with their ugly insults. And it was at that point that the other robber took the part of Jesus. And He asked His companion in crime, do you not fear God? And then he said to Jesus, he said, Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus told that dying man he'd be with him that day in paradise. Think about that. Hanging on that cross, suspended between heaven and earth, Enduring excruciating pain, conquering sin for me and for you. Jesus was not in so much pain or so busy conquering sin and conquering death and hell and the grave that He forgot that robber dying on a cross next to Him. Beloved, God remembers the least and the lowliest and the last of us. 
God remembers every fine thing about us. Well, then what is it that God forgets? I want to tell you. Hug this to your heart. And hope will have a resurrection inside of you. Lay hold of this truth and your soul is going to be filled with fragrant flowers. Believe this. And it's going to serenade your life with celestial music. There is only one thing in all the universe that God forgets. And that is the one thing above all other things that you and I want Him to forget. As we read in our text, the one thing that God forgets is our sin. Now certainly God does not forget all sin. Because some folks today have a dark record standing against them. But what I am saying is for those this very day who have some dark record standing against them, it doesn't have to be that way a moment longer for those folks. Because for those folks, Jesus Christ is ready to blot out sin. Jesus is ready to forget it. But you see, for God to forget our sins, what folks have to do is come to the One that was wounded for our transgressions. For God to forget sin, folks have to turn to God in simple trusting faith. And the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews eleven six, it's an absolute necessity. We have to turn our backs on sin through repentance. We can't just be sorry for our sin. And we can't just be sorry we got caught in our sin. We've got to be sorry enough to quit sin. Peter told that audience on Pentecost that day. They said, what shall we do? And Peter said they had to repent. Jesus said the same thing in Luke 13, 3. Except you repent, you'll all likewise perish. Repentance doesn't mean just being sorry for our sin. Repentance means being sorry enough to quit. And confess to the world our faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. That's what that eunuch did in Acts chapter 8. He'd been riding in his chariot on his way back to Ethiopia. He'd been to Jerusalem to worship, and the hitchhiking deacon, a fellow by the name of Philip, joined himself to the chariot. It says that he was reading from Isaiah's prophecy, and Philip began at that same scripture and preached to him Jesus. And they came to a certain water, Dr. Luke tells us in Acts 8, and that eunuch said, here's water, what hinders me to be baptized? Philip said, if you believe, you may. He said, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And they commanded that chariot to stand still right there. And they got out of that chariot. They went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. They came up out of the water. The Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip. The eunuch never saw him again. But the eunuch went on his way rejoicing. 
You see, for God to forget sin, folks have to be buried in the waters of baptism. And it's not just an outward sign of an inward grace. It's not something optional or non-essential. It's something important. A great deal of importance is placed on it in the book of Acts. On Pentecost, Peter said, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. The Ethiopian eunuch said, Here's water. What hinders me to be baptized? The jailer said, What must I do to be saved? And they took him the same hour of the night and baptized he and all of his household. God will forget sin. And God does not deal in non-essentials. So God forgets sin when we comply with the terms of pardon that are outlined in this book. To even the most hopeless of us, to the most hopeless of this world's race, He says, Go and sin no more. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know the needs of your life. I don't know if Jesus Christ has been Lord and Master of your life. But if He's not been Lord and Master of all of your life, He's not been Lord and Master at all in your life. And that would be a good way to end this year 2020 and get ready to face 2021 to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Master of your life. If you need to make changes to do that, this is your opportunity to do that as together we stand and while we sing.